Welcome to the SoCal Sessions, where we fight monsters and roast Grant. Today, we're going to roast Grant a little. What? No, a little. You want to use um, a uh, low temperature <laughs> over a long period of time, because Grant is high fat, and you need to render that out. Excuse me, Grant is not high in fat. <laughs> he is skinny as shit. So really, have you seen his head? <laughs> That's different. <laughs> So, last time we did nine witch events. Today we're going to do six. Witches. 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 Is everybody excited for more witch time? Oh, hell yes. I'm never not excited. I'm flying to the moon. I'm extremely glad to hear it. Can't you hear how excited I am from the sound of my voice? (laughs) I will fight you. End your life. Please. No. Um, People than you have tried. (laughs) So, last... Our last session concluded with Grant both beating up and being beaten up by Margaret because she didn't have any faith in him and needed to make sure he was at least minorly up to snuff. Previously on Boogeyman Buddies, and it's just a cut to Grant screaming, Owls! <laughs> yes. Not the owls! Out. Not the owls! They're in my hair! Uh, Grant, or Grant, Roxanne had a jam session with Ursula, and Steiner talked with Grandma. Were the last three things we did. So, let's just jump right to it. I feel like Steiner hasn't gone first on any of these so far. So, Steiner, you're going first. Sometime after you walk away from BB, just after the conversation is petered out, you are approached by Gwendolyn. Let me pull that one up. Gwendolyn, okay. The disaster. Got it. <laughs> the disaster. It's really fucked up that, they, um, that all of the witches are under monsters. We're all monsters. They're, they're under... I mean, they are the subject of a hunt, so they go under the monster tab. Fucked up, but okay. So, yeah, it's Gwendolyn approaches you and says... Hi, I haven't beaten up you or any members of your immediate family in recent history. Can I hang out with you for a little while? Um, yes, I... Yeah. It's probably best to let that cool off for a little while anyway. Yeah. My fault. Uh, I'm gonna own it. It was, um, Quintalyn, I think? Yes, and I know you gave Hildy permission to call you by your first name, but you may call me Edwin as well, if I, if you if that is your preference. Okay, sure. I don't I don't quite remember if doctorates were a thing back when I was alive, so I don't know if that means anything to me. Uh, may I ask when was that? She looks at her fingers and, like, 
counts on them for a little while, and she says, that's 320 years, right about. Hmm. I think doctorates were a thing. I'm not sure. Hmm. I knew Harvard exists. There were colleges back then. I know that. I'm not sure doctorates, though. You'd think I would know that, but I don't. You don't seem like much of a history buff to me. No, I'm an engineer. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I caught that from the little flying machine. Yes. Yes, that's Lunchbot. So, it seems to me that someone who can make something like that has probably got a pretty interesting history. (laughs) You could say that. Would you mind talking about it? And she's, like, led you away to just a, a sort of quiet spot on the bridge. <sighs> you know what? How about this? We can trade stories. All right. Um, do you want to go first, or should I go first, or...? Uh, you're... You're... Hmm. You're both the guest and the host here, so... I'll just leave it up to you. Hmm. By host rules, I should offer first. Hmm. Uh, out of character, how much are we going to put down here? Do you want to say? How, however much you would like to put down here. Hmm. That's an excellent question. Like, she will prod you for things if you are vague, but... She she isn't going to like mind control you into get into blabbing yeah, a biography. Just, like we've been kind of coy about Steiner's backstory, and I'm not sure how much I want to put on the table right now. But this is an interesting way to get it out without the other characters knowing in character. Yes, you are definitely going to be kept out of earshot of the other two. Okay. Oh. <sighs> Fucking fight me, Colin. <laughs> I've got the bullet points hammered down. I haven't finished any details. I figured that'd come up organically. Um, well, was born in 1964 in, well, Germany. I lived in, oh God, which one was it? East Germany or West Germany? That was on the other side of the wall. I can't remember right now that I'm on the spot. I mean, technically we're both on some side of a wall. I think uh, West was the other, was the, the communist side. Okay. So East Germany. It was in, um, East Germany, but I imagine that doesn't mean much to you. I've heard the name. Margaret is super well-traveled. So, hmm. and she's told me stories of like everywhere. So oh, she, God. I don't know where in the world it is, but I've heard the name. Well, long story short, we lost a war we started and we got split into two for a while. And I was born on the east side. Represent. <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. No. 
Okay, it's you can you can keep in, but it's not canon. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's too off color a joke for Steiner to actually make it. Uh, okay, let me. I gotta. I gotta stop now. Well, uh, spawn on the east side, and um, I had a pretty charmed life as a child. I was an only child, and my parents were not absent, a little bit distant maybe, but they loved me, so I had that going. And I decided early on in my life that um, well, I liked robotics the first time I saw them. Did a factory tour one day. I don't even remember the name of the factory. I was just invited along. I think my father might have been doing contractor work, and I—it's fuzzy. It's a long time ago for me. You understand. But point being, I saw the robotics at work in the factory line, and I just immediately was infatuated. So I sort of started studying that, and from an early age, I found I had an aptitude for it. I went to college. I earned my doctorate, and I was um, sort of headhunted by a company in America called um, God. I haven't figured that out. You someone say Globotech or something stupid like that? But do you have an idea for a name? <sighs> Tesla. No. <laughs> I mean, if we want to just go like really generic, we could say like Ameritech. Sure, man. It's also Collins Universe, too. I don't care. Go hog wild. Oh, Hawthorne Industries. <laughs> okay. I was headhunted uh, for a company called Hawthorne Industries. Um, they offered me a deal I couldn't turn down, basically. It was, uh, it was more than I could have ever asked for. I uprooted my life. And I moved to America in about, um, I think it was 89, 87, 18, this must have been, no, it must have been 89. And for about half a year, everything was great. And then one day I was laid off. No warning, no reason given, just... The company said that profits were down and they needed to cut corners, and I was new there, so I was first on the chopping block. And this, of course, was all bullshit. They had produced record numbers that quarter. But profit above all else. And I had no safety. Now, everyone I ever knew was back in Germany. I was alone in a strange country with a loan for a house that was due and no job and no family and no ways to support myself and it was pretty bad for a while and one day I was at the end of my proverbial rope and I I built a gun. Not a gun for hurting people, but a gun for breaking, so to speak. And I I knew 
Everything in Hawthorne, I had only worked there for six months, but I had familiarized myself with the layout of the area and the systems. It was part of the job. And I knew where to hit them, when to hit them, and what to take. That's exactly what I did. And I stole from them. I stole quite expensive and valuable technology from them. And I sold it on the black market, and I made enough to pay off my loan for my house and live comfortably for a little while, but eventually the money ran out, so I did it again with a different company and that I had staked out. And again, I made a good amount of money, and that, that stayed for a while, and then I ran out again, so I took aim at a different company. This, this time, I was approached by a man named Vector, who said that he admired my work. I was able to get in and out quietly, but I was leaving too much behind. He said if I had a team, that we could work much more efficiently. And he directed me to a group of people he had been working with, small time, uh, mostly bank jobs, uh, occasionally hitting um, delivery trucks, uh, you know, for... What are the names of that? You wouldn't know, but it's the the little little trucks that deliver money to banks. I don't remember the names of it, but they hit those. And so we worked together, and my technology and his skill and his teamwork, we were forced to be reckoned with, and we we hit so many places. And for a while, it was... It was thrilling. It was exhilarating. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. It wasn't just stealing to live. It was... We're now flaunting the system. We were out... We were like outlaws of old. And... We began to get attention drawn to ourselves. And... After a while, we realized that if... After... How to explain this... One day, Victor came up with the idea that burglars don't have much sympathy from the public. They're nameless, they're faceless, they're just guys who break in and steal, and no one cares if they get shot. But if you put your face out there, if you make a name for yourself, if you become sort of like an anti-hero, like a Robin Hood kind, then the people would cheer for us. And since I was sort of the head of the group, he presented an idea. And he... Well, we basically... I became Professor Gear, is what they called us. Well, what we called ourselves in the name cut on. But we robbed and we stole and we were showy and flamboyant about it. And it was exhilarating and... I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this, but it was one, it was some of the best years of my life doing this. And it very quickly stopped being about the money. We just stole for the thrill of stealing. And I, I know we didn't think that we would just get away with this forever. We knew this would catch up, but we didn't think it would happen so quickly. About 
In 2004, and we had started this in 1990, we had gone on for quite a while, longer than we had any. I guess we pressed our luck. We got caught. We got caught by the exact wrong kind of people you would want to get caught by, and most of us got away, but not cleanly. And then Siner looks at his arm, uh, the robotic one, of course. And we all had plans for what we would do if we got caught, and we all put those in the plan. We scattered into the winds, and I didn't see anyone until fairly... I didn't see any one of the crew until fairly recently when it all started showing up on my doorstep again. But it's... It's interesting that you would ask me that, because it all seems to be coming back on its own, but... That's... That's who I am. I think we'll do the the return to the, the, the other side of the story, Gwendolyn's story, when we come back around. We'll switch gears now. Was that... Uh, that was just pretty much improv. Was that okay? Yeah, that was real good. That was real good, yeah. I liked it. All right. I liked all of that. Um, hmm. <laughs> so, how do Top I follow that asshole. up? Yeah, who do I follow that up with? Actually, let me ask, do either of you, Colin, Chloe, do either of you have a preference for going next? Uh, I'm cool with whatever. Yeah, same. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're having trouble picking, I'll go next. You know what? Sure. Yours is definitely going to be the harder of the probably the hardest one tonight, TBH. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Hardest for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Roxanne. Yes. Ursula has been sort of trying to to teach you her her trick for weaving s- s- like visual stories with music, mm-hmm. and she's sort of teaching you the basics because you don't really have a background in magic, like like you know wizard magic. You've got some right. sort of like alternate afterlife magic going on, which is which means you're not flying, like, totally blind here. Right. But, you know, after after, like, an hour of working at it, the two of you decide to call a break, and as you are cooling off, getting your head back on straight, you are approached by Hildy. Oh, boy. Here we go. So she tugs on the like hem of your shirt and says, um, it, uh, Miss Roxanne? Yeah? Um, I know you and Ursula are working real hard, but do you have some time to come play? Of course. Of course. I need to take a break anyway. She smiles a great big toothy baboo smile at you. Oh my gosh, my heart. <laughs> she leads you away from the fire and sits down 
sits in a sort of cross-legged position and indicates for you to sit in front of her. Mm-hmm. All right, Roxanne sits down in front of her. And then she sits up real straight and tries to look like like a big girl. But then she asks you, how are you at playing pretend? Um... <laughs> I'm pretty all right at it, I think. Well, what did you have in mind? Well, I've got this trick for real fun pretend games. Okay. So she, like, scoots, she scooches a little closer and then reaches up and puts her hands on your temples and tells you to match her. Uh, okay. And then it's a little bit easier for Roxanne to reach than it is for her to reach Roxanne. Yeah, definitely, definitely. To touch her temples and she closes her eyes and you feel like a thrum of energy around the two of you and then your vision just goes dark and you you sort of feel outside of yourself and she says so this is the the pretend space we can do anything in here anything huh if you can imagine it yeah huh the first thing we need is a place. You you can't play in a big hole of nothing. I guess not. So where do you want to be? Oh, there's all sorts of places I want to be. Well, pick one. If Roxanne was imagining the first place she wants to be, I imagine the very first place she thinks of isn't going to be the the best idea to play. But Roxanne probably thinks of her parents' old house back in New York. That's the first place she thinks of. Right on. So, like, the moment that thought occurs to you, it materi- the space around you materializes into that. So why don't you describe this house to me? Okay. I don't know a whole lot of... I've never been to New York, so this is going to be an exercise. I guess we do have another person we can collab with on this particular part. Yeah. Colin, please save me. Okay, so... I always imagined Grant's parents being... doing relatively well, so they don't live, like, in an apartment. They live more, like, in a... in a very small house, because, like, guess what? Manhattan does have those. They have... they're mostly in, uh... Greenwich, but they're peppered it all about so it's it's gonna be relatively small but like a two-story thing that's kind of how i imagined it too yeah yeah and and like there was probably three three bedrooms but uh one of them was probably turned into like the smallest one was probably turned into an office and as a result grant and roxanne had to share oh god i know right there's probably like a uh, just tape going down the middle of the room for each person's <laughs> side. And every time Roxanne's uh, mess started getting on Grant's half, he just he just like eyed her, just kept eyeballing her. Oh yeah, until definitely, she moved it. definitely. 
because Grant, while not entirely tidy, was a lot tidier than Roxanne. Roxanne has a hamper, and also the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Such adults, the two of you. (laughs) Look, I just know what it's like to be in it, the annoying younger sibling, so... (laughs) So, the... uh, Sort of space of a, like, two-story, three-bedroom house in Manhattan materializes around you and Hildy looks around and says, Oh, I think I've ever been in a house like this before. Yeah, this is, uh, it's where I grew up, actually. Oh, okay. He just said, okay. think of where you wanted to be, and I just kind of thought about it. Hmm. <laughs> I see, I see, I see. Hmm, well, this is a home. It needs people living in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know your mom and dad, so... And she, like, you you can feel her. Neither of you, like, have forms in this space yet. But she, you can feel her concentrate for a moment. And then the house sort of fills up with a sizable family of magical creatures. Precious. There's just a bunch of, like fairies there's a like a short minotaur because like a minotaur definitely would not fit in any of these rooms <laughs> the short minotaur yeah i mean a like, minotaur. S- <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i believe the term is minor tar <laughs> <laughs> no that's just when they're under 18 oh okay <laughs> no, I thought that was when they were busy going to work in the mines. That depends on which vowels you're using. <laughs> so, there's a bunch of fairies, there's a mini tar. What else? What else? What else? What else? You can say we've got an elf. We can we can say we've got one more. One more. Somebody help me out here. Is a kobold a thing that exists? I believe kobolds are things that exist. Kobolds is German for goblin? Yeah, but it's an exotic goblin because it's German. <laughs> Whereas later I was in an eats sauerkraut. <laughs> it has an enticing accent. First day after the new year, you can find them all in sauerkraut and pork. <laughs> It's just a goblin that speaks German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there is a kobold. So there's a couple fairies, a minor tar, an elf, and a kobold. Just in this place. Fantastic. And then Hildy says, Alright, so now we need to be in this space too. And you can feel another, like, thrum of concentration from her and then you can see her like materialize in the space and she looks like herself ex- except she's got a bunch of like cat features she's got little kitty ears and a little kitty nose oh my god that's adorable okay I've got an idea Roxanne sort of tries to follow her lead a little bit so Roxanne 
kind of tries to imagine herself as a, you know, it's Roxanne, but uh, it's a Roxanne with uh, like a satyr, basically. Except she's wearing pants because that would be weird if she wasn't. Sure, sure. You know, she's got the horns and the hooves. And her face is a little more, um, what's the word? Goaty. Goaty, yeah, I guess. I was trying to think of a, <laughs> I was trying to think of an adjective to describe goatiness, but I couldn't think of it. <laughs> Contains essence of goat. Yeah, something like that. I mean, so we have can be magical. Yeah, right, right, right. So we have Goaty Roxanne and Kitty Hildy. Mm-hmm. So as you materialize into. This this space where you're playing, come play in this space with me. She says, okay, so now we need something to do. Okay. Hmm. She she looks at you expectantly. Oh no, I don't need this kind of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be too on the nose to say throw a party? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would. Yeah, okay. What do people do in a home? I just don't know. Experts are baffled. And keep in mind, you can get, like, wild. This is an imagination space. In my imagination, I am a homeowner. (laughs) (laughs) The true millennial fantasy. To be fair, homeowner in Manhattan's a pretty big fantasy. Yeah, it's kind of like owning a castle. (laughs) Yeah. There you go, there's a first thing. You have a servant. A butler. In my dreams, I'm the homeowner. It's me. <laughs> Imagine up a crazy servant. Um, it doesn't even need to be crazy. It can just be Grant, but with a big stupid nose. So it could just be Grant. Grant, just dressed like a butler. <laughs> no, that's actually the most, the most fantastical creature, Grant in a suit. Grant behaving himself. <laughs> oh. Maybe have his hair styled in a reasonable way. Dear God. <laughs> his hair hasn't been styled reasonably since he was like 18 or something stupid like that. From the moment he moved out. <laughs> oh God, before he moved out. Grant takes one step outside the door, turns around, pulls out a bottle of hair gel, and forms a mohawk. Right in front of his parents. <laughs> he does a flip and lands on a motorcycle. Which he doesn't know how to drive because he never got his license. <laughs> he just rides it. He just rides it two feet and it falls over. He picks it up and carries it to a tattoo parlor. Fun <laughs> <laughs> well, fact: He did get a tattoo before he moved out and had to hide it because his mom would have killed him. <laughs> oh, Wizard's so cool. He has a tattoo. Okay. Um, I have an idea. So. Hildy and the other witches, they do a lot of traveling. They probably don't really have a place that they stay, like, in one place at, right? Right. That is that is sort of the impression that you got from your jam session with Ursula, that mm-hmm. they have no permanent home in the Deadlands. It, it is a very nomadic life. Migratory witches. Oh, yeah. Witches, witches go south for the winter, don't you know? <laughs> Nomad Witches would be a great name for a band, by the way. Probably already is. Let me look it up. Why don't we get 
why don't we make a room for Hildy and let her decorate it? That seems like a fun idea. My goodness. Okay, so how would you frame that to Hildy? I'd say... I'd be like, uh... Roxanne, you know, shows Hildy around the house. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. is like... So when I was growing up, I had to share this room with Grant. She makes a stink face. (laughs) Oh no, don't worry. Don't worry. I, I made it miserable for him. I'm just kidding. But when Grant moved out, I got the whole room to myself. I think that was the best bit, was that I finally had this room to myself. And I was thinking, why don't we make you a room in this house? Because it was always fun making my own space. What do you say? I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Can Roxanne just, like, think at the wall and another room appears? Just, uh... Absolutely, you can. It's a dream space. Yeah. Yeah. So, somewhere where there's space for a room, and even a space where there's not, Roxanne just imagines a door and opens it to a roughly similarly sized room. Now let's start with the walls. What color What color walls would you want in your bedroom? Hmm. <laughs> she looks she looks incredibly thoughtful for a six-year-old. Like this is this is the most difficult question she's ever been asked in her life, is how her face looks. Well, yeah. Have you ever asked a six-year-old what color they want to paint the room? <laughs> it doesn't have to be one color. She she contemplates this like incredibly important question. And looks up at the walls of the room and focuses on them. And this sort of like sky blue color crawls across all the walls. Oh, that's pretty. Okay. 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 So we've got the color of the walls. Now we need a bed. She pictures a bed and it's way too big. (laughs) How way too big are we talking? Like, it fills up half the square footage of the room. I can always make the room bigger. That is extremely fair. (laughs) This is an extremely fake space. You can just make more of it. (laughs) Look, the bed doesn't have to be small. If you want a big bed, just have a big bed. Let's just make the room big to match. Yeah, that's fair. If there's one thing I know about dreams, it's that space is fake. Colin, if you say one word about linear time, I will drop kick you through the microphone. Listen, I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big bed. Ah, uh, Roxanne says as she sort of nudges at the wall to make the room bigger. <laughs> Roxanne's a very physical person. She doesn't like to think when she can do. Sure, sure. And it does expand according to your whims. Okay, okay. Before I make another suggestion, is there anything else you want in here? I don't want to tell you what you have to do with your room. I never had my own room before. (laughs) Oh, you know what I haven't seen in forever? What's that? Stars. (sighs) Wow. You have to pay extra on the cable for that. Oh my god. (laughs) Shut up. Does the stars still exist, even? I think so, yes. <gasps> How? I have no idea. 
Is it the porn they show late at night? <laughs> I'm trying to decorate a room with a six-year-old. Come on. <laughs> well, that's a terrible decoration. They move around. Uh, well, why don't we put a skylight in? Yeah. She, she, she looks up at the ceiling and... I mean, she doesn't know what a skylight is in like the architectural sense. Well, she doesn't know to ha- have to know that the, the attics exist. Sure, but she like understands getting a viewport in the ceiling to the outside. So, just like a a window, a, a big old window uh, opens up in the ceiling. What time is it in our dreamland? Why don't you tell me? Well, if she wants to see the stars, then it should be night. Yeah, right on. So it is. And it's not a and it's not a New York sky because you can't see shit in New York in, when you look up and in any city. Yeah. So it's gonna be like the kind of stars you see when you get like way out there. Like, um, I don't know if where uh, the party is at is far enough away from the lights and sounds of the city to where you can actually see the sc- stars, but. You know, uh, it's like kind of, but not really. You are still getting tons of light pollution, even that high up in the mountains. Yeah, well, Roxanne just imagines a starry sky. She's probably seen one. She's been out of town once or twice. She knows what a starry sky looks like. Yeah. She's left her house before, I imagine. <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> you know, when the mood strikes her, of course. She is overcome by a fey mood. Okay. Speaking of magical moods, I think I want to swing around to Grant now. Okay. Good now, I have time to think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Grant, mm-hmm. last thing you did was kind of, you got beat up a little, and you also beat up a little Margaret. Yeah. Uh, so the the two of you, uh, after she was done testing you, went over to Ursula to get fixed up. And once she is done with that, she asks you uh, to stay because Roxanne is currently off with Hildy. Mm-hmm. So she's free right now and she would like to talk to you for a bit. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. So she opens up the conversation by asking you, So, Grant, why is your magic so strange? Well, uh, let's just say that my magic is a little borrowed from Queen Tarira without her permission. She looks down the bridge of her nose at you and says, I don't appreciate euphemisms, Grant. I stole some magic from Queen Tarira because I did not have enough to, you know, be a full-fledged wizard on my own. And that's why my magic is weird. Shitty wizard, great thief. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she puts her hands on her hips and says, better. But yeah, that's that's why mine's so weird. I stole just a little bit. It's, it's not, it wasn't too much. Mm. Essentially, 
enough to not have her send her goons after me, but, you know, stealing anything from a fake queen is going to make them a little mad at you. Oh, I can imagine. I've heard some stories from Emery. Yeah. I've, I've been enough around enough beings. Well, at least there are a couple in New York that, you know, when they came over, they thought they could get, you know, like a pardon or something by bringing me in. Didn't end too well for them. Hmm. <laughs> I am interested in seeing how such unusual magic functions. I mean, it, it just functions a lot like most other magic, but sure, okay. Uh, and I get up and I say, well, um, what do you want to say? Huh. Surprise me. Good to the fucking ice horse! <laughs> then I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the version that makes it move. Grant is literally a one-trick pony. <laughs> no! This is a thing he, he enjoys doing. He he genuinely enjoys doing the ice horse. You can actually wait. No, you and Ice Mike Pence. <laughs> uh, he's gonna he's gonna think for a second and go. What's your favorite animal? Oh goodness, I haven't really thought about animals in quite definitely some time. not horses. Hate the fucking thing. <laughs> That's much more of Agnes's field. Um. Hmm. Hmm. I do remember we used to own a dog. All right. Was it like a big dog, little dog? It was a fairly large dog. Yes. All right. It was Cerberus. No. No. What? I'm guessing it also wasn't a hellhound. So God, I don't know dog breeds. So Grant is just going to make a ice version of a large-ish dog breed. St. Bernard, Great Dane, Great uh, Pyrenees. Uh, I get a Mastiff. Great, great yeah, Dane. Yeah, Bull Mastiff's also big bull. Yeah, I, I know Bull Mastiff's big, but like, I, I let's go with Great Dane. Sure, we'll, we'll make a Great Dane. Tibetan uh, Lion Hound. And then I'm guessing because I want to make it move I'm going to have to roll. We have weird. established that requires a roll. Yes. Uh, eight. So it's a it's a it's glitched so we'll say that it's a short duration so like it's just gonna do like one lap like one or two laps around my hand and then melt essentially usually they last long but usually they also don't make move she applauds politely thank you dog melts like what a world I am a little curious as to that language you just spoke. I've never heard it before. Oh, that was, um, that was Cantonese. Uh, They speak it primarily over in China. She, like, Margaret, after getting fixed up, took a sort of, like, seated position near the bonfire. And Mm -hmm. when you say China, Ursula looks confused, looks at Margaret, and Margaret sort of waves her hand and says, Far East. And Ursula nods knowingly. Yeah, f- wait, wait. Yeah, my the the person who taught me basically said that uh, since he was taught in Cantonese, there were some concepts that he wouldn't be able to get through in English. So I had to learn it. That was a fun four months. 
sounds fake, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) He taught him in Cantonese as a joke. As a joke. (laughs) You've got a language, I'll speak it. Grant just shrugs and he's like, I mean, I I trust him. He taught me magic, so I, I can't say that he didn't, that he wasn't lying. I suppose that's fair. Most magic is just lying to yourself in progressively more intricate ways, so... Essentially, yeah. I suppose that's one way you can do it. You just gotta trick your brain into doing the impossible. Right. So, hmm, hmm, well, you have shown me a trick. Would you like to see a trick? Sure, why not? I'm always interested in seeing the new, some new stuff. Do you have a request? Uh, oh, you know what? Horse. I surprised. I surprised you. You surprised me. Two horses. <laughs> Behold the power of two horses. A centaur with the tough top ass is also another horse. <laughs> a really small minotaur. <laughs> Microtar. <laughs> Um, well, I suppose my specialty is information. Is there anything you would like to know that you don't right now? Oh, there's a lot that I would like to know. Um, you did, none of you... You did say that none of you really knew about the the Great Worm and its Pale Rider, though. So, um, hmm. Grant takes out his phone and uh, pulls up the the series of numbers that the um, that the siren had rattled off. Next, her. Does this mean anything to you? So she looks at the numbers. And then she, like, reaches out to the phone and seems to, like, pinch the space in front of it. And then gently pulls and, like, a silver thread manifests out of the air. Mm -hmm. And then she takes the other end of it with her other hand and holds it up to the fire and seems to read it. And says... There's a language in here, but it's not one I've ever seen before. I'm afraid it's a little too esoteric for me. Uh, is there any way that you can help me to see it? Not without several years of teaching you how to read. That's fair enough. Yeah. Is there Um, something perhaps less mysterious I could use to... (laughs) She sort of waggles her fingers. Prove my magical might to you. Sure. Uh, There's this guy. What is Wei's first name again? I don't think we've ever established it. We we haven't put that down yet. I've, I've been oscillating between Donald and Henry. They're both really good asshole names. Let's go with Henry. Alright. Let's say Henry. There's this guy, uh, Henry Way. Uh, and I'm just wondering how close he is to finding me. Could you point me in sort of a 
general direction where he is? I pull up the compass on my phone and I point roughly towards the direction of New York. And I'm like, about 2,500 miles. Point east. Yeah, about 2,500 miles that way. She turns to face the east and it takes her longer. She, She seems to be like feeling around in the air. And eventually she pinches a piece of it and pulls out another silver thread and holds it up to the fire and reads it. She says, I wouldn't say he's close, but this place is on his short list of suspected places. Cool. Cool, cool. That's sounds fantastic. It's just not fantastic. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be sarcastic. You trying to avoid him? Yeah. Hmm. He's angry at me for some stuff I did. Sort of the reason, whole reason why I'm over here. Would you like me to delay him? Please, yes. Okay, you can't tell anyone I did this. It's technically illegal, and she winks at you. (laughs) Uh, Trust me, I'm all about things being technically illegal. Most of what I do is illegal. (laughs) Don't tell Grant you're going to do a crime. God knows he would (laughs) never consent to doing a crime. I'd never do a crime (laughs) in my life. (laughs) She turns back to the east, and... It takes her less time to find whatever she's looking for in the air than it did, probably because she's already found the spot. When Mm -hmm. she pulls it out, uh, when she draws this time, the thread is red instead of silver. And she takes it and she holds it up to the fire to read it. And she says, "Mm mm-hmm. And she throws it into the fire and there's this like sort of pop and spark like you threw a like fistful of finely grained copper into it. Nice. It says, so that was his suspicion of this area. That was awesome. Now, I can't prevent him from finding the same suspicion again through whatever means he found it before. But at least for now, he's forgotten it. That's awesome. Thank you. That was also a very cool and flashy way that you did that. She puts her hands on her hips and beams at you and says, Well, when you get really good at sewing, you start to think of things in terms of threads. Yeah, I guess. That makes a lot of sense. Everybody has their own style, from what I've learned. Sure. You think in language. I think in threads. She just sort of shrugs. Yeah. I mean, sounds good to me. And now we will wrap back around to Steiner. Hooray. Last time I dropped a whole bunch of fucking drama. (laughs) (laughs) And I say, I say we wrap back around to Steiner, but this is going to be like 
Gwendolyn talking at you a whole bunch. Alrighty. Although, I do want to, uh, like, encourage you to interject with, like, thoughts and questions, if you ever have them. Sure. So, partway through your story, the two of you came to sort of a seated position, off in whatever, like, private space the two of you had. Sure, yeah, we were walking around. At some point, we were looking out over the bridge, and eventually just kind of found a good place to sit. Sure. Uh-huh. And um, you, your story, like, you you finish your story, and she's quiet for a little while. It says, well, I've certainly, it's quite a story. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that. I haven't either, really. But, eh, life is odd. I'm sure there are crazier things happening to people out there right now. Well, I suppose I owe you a story in return. If you don't feel compared to share, any, share anything, but if you want to. Uh, and she she sort of tilts her head towards like the, the majority of the congregation, and she mutters under her breath, is everybody okay with me just sharing everything and there's a couple seconds of silence Roxanne in the sort of imagination space Hildy just sort of randomly says yeah I'm okay with it what? nothing nothing okay so then Gwendolyn nods to herself and says okay so I was born in 1668. The My father was a pharmacist, and my mother just, you know, stayed at home, did house things. I, I guess nowadays it's unusual for just to have the wife who stays at home all day, but that's how it was back then. Mm-hmm. I was born in northern Massachusetts. A pretty pretty quiet little town. I've honestly long since forgotten its name. And I wasn't encouraged to help my father with his pharmacy work, but I just found it fascinating the way that he melted plants together to form medicines. It was it was a kind of magic to me. And I I don't know when I first noticed that I was able to do it. It's there's there's two kinds of magic users. There's the ones who have to be taught from scratch and then there's the ones who just sort of have it in them and I just have it in me. And I started just growing a garden without doing anything. I would sit in my front yard and plants would grow around me. And it was all the plants that my father used most commonly in his work. The neighbors were uh, quite flabbergasted with the willow tree that showed up in our backyard almost overnight. 
He had a very difficult time explaining that one. I would imagine, yes. Yes. So we, we of course kept it secret. It wasn't okay for me to be that way back then. Probably, it probably still isn't okay now, but it was much less okay back then. <laughs> but eventually, uh, I was visited by Margaret. She just showed up at our house one day and explained herself to my parents and to me and said that, you know, witches are a thing and we can be dangerous if we're just allowed to run rampant, untaught, left to our own devices. And she offered her services to come around, keep me in check, and she has a wry smile. Teach me how to make sure it only ever happened when I wanted it to happen. And... My mother and father loved me. They didn't want anything bad to happen to me, so they agreed. So, Margaret would come around every few days, and just she, she doesn't use the same kind of magic as I do, but she was able to sort of teach me the ideas behind its use so that I could control it properly. She also introduced me to... Phoebe and Ursula. They uh, also lived around Massachusetts, although getting to Phoebe's house was a day and a half's walk. But it was always a, a good time when we went out. And it's like that for about ten years. And then... Agnes was born and I felt it when it happened and I think I'm sure I never I never asked I don't know why I never asked I'm sure the that Phoebe and Margaret and Ursula also felt it but I just I knew when Agnes was born and we waited for a little while before approaching her family and Margaret and I did it together. And they had the same sort of reaction my parents did. And so we... We would both come around. Although I, I never really taught her anything. I didn't know much at the time. I just sort of came around to be her friend. It was nice to have someone closer to my age. And then a couple years later, uh, we had the same sort of thing with, with Hildy. Just sort of... When she, when she was born, we knew it. We waited a couple years, and then we approached her parents, and they wanted the same for her. And we had a nice little group of six that we would all sort of meet up with each other. Hildy was real small, so she didn't get to come out too often, but the rest of us, we met up all the time. Hmm. It sounds nice. It it was. It was nerve-wracking on occasion because, you know, you have to keep this whole thing a secret from everybody else because 
I mean, I'm sure you know you're an educated man. Yes. People, people did not. Your average person did not think kindly of witches in that day, to say the least. <laughs> Bit of an understatement. So it was. There were there were frightening times, but it was it was good to have this little family by way of a strange birthright. But hmm. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you can guess based yes. on how I look and how Agnes looks and how Hildy looks that it didn't it didn't last for too long. The town. The name was Salem, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think I know how this story ends. Yeah. Ursula did her best to keep us out of the minds of everybody, but it was too many people too quickly. It was like trying to put out a wildfire by cutting the branches off of trees and throwing them in buckets of water. And the six of us eventually... You don't have to say it if you don't... if it's odd. And I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> easy for you. I feel like I owe you the same turn. Six of us were rounded up. We... well, I, I say we, but... I didn't really have any sort of talent for fighting. It was really just Margaret trying to hold everybody off, but against a crowd that size, not, not even she can keep them off forever. And we all got caught, and... Well... We all got burned. Our parents went with us, too. Because they had, they knew. I don't know how the townsfolk knew mm -hmm. that they knew, but I guess it was a safe enough assumption. But mm -hmm. our families went with us. Margaret was <laughs> good old Margaret. She was the last one to go. She forced herself to stay alive on the stake until all the rest of us were gone. It's actually. She didn't know a lick of fire magic beforehand, but the way she tells it now, she was on that stake for so long, the fire just seeped into her bones, and now she's just full of it. It's a hell of a way to learn. But the, the six of us woke up in the Deadlands as ghosts, shortly afterwards and we all knew what had happened to us and we all the the four of us who aren't kids we all decided that it wasn't okay for us to just fade away when the little ones hadn't lived at all so we left the capital and we've forced ourselves to stay coherent all this time. Just 
We're all just waiting for Hildy and Agnes to have their fill of this weird undeath that we've managed to cobble together before we let ourselves pass on. Well, I, I don't know what to say. That's... I, it's a bit late, I think, but I'm genuinely so sorry you had to go through that. Ah, it's not like it was your fault. Eh, yes, but it's wrong. Even then, it was wrong. He knew it was wrong then. I did it anyway. (sighs) It was, but like you said, it's far too late to really put much stock in it now. Everybody who did that to us is not only long since died, but long since been washed clean in the Deadlands, lived another life, and been washed clean again at least three times by now. Well, life is a hell of a thing, isn't it? One life in your case, I suppose. That's not appropriate, I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Morbid humor sort of comes with the the territory. <laughs> Literal gallows humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> well, I thank you for sharing that with me. Mm. What? What is what? I know it wasn't easy, but I appreciate it nonetheless, and. I hope the little ones find some semblance of peace. I think they're getting there. These these trips out into the world of the living definitely do them some real good. Especially the three of you. Getting to meet new people is always something really special. (sighs) I think maybe I could have avoided meeting Mr. Harrison, but... (laughs) <laughs> I'll take a compliment regardless look Agnes is just going to be sour for a while but she's even going to appreciate the opportunity to be sour at someone hmm. and um listen I know you think you've blown your shot so to speak with Roxanne but believe me I've known her for a little bit now and I don't think she would have any objections if you were to, well, not date her, because I think she's involved, but be friendly. Just, she's fairly easygoing. (laughs) I think I'm also uh, a little, I don't know if involved is the right word, but unavailable, perhaps? (laughs) <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's not something I've really thought about. Actually, wait. Now that I think about it, Roxanne does actually frequently make trips into the Deadlands. I'm not sure if she can visit you, but... Uh, it'd be a feat to find us, but... I imagine. would appreciate it's... the company, if nothing else. Hmm. She's... I don't know what she's doing, but she's 
going there quite frequently. I've never asked her, it's so own business, I don't feel the need to press, but I, maybe it's something you could help her with? Get to know her a little bit? If we can, yeah. If she if she can find us, and if we can be of any help. It's worth a shot. At the very least, it would give you something to talk about, break the ice a little. Sure, sure. Hmm. Anything to break up the monotony. I suppose we should probably get back to the party. And I think that's a pretty good spot to switch over to Roxanne. So, Roxanne, um, Hildy has just opened up a skylight. What happens now? You ever get the feeling people are talking about you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I said I was going to think, but I didn't do any thinking whatsoever. I was too busy listening. Got the bed, we've got the skylight. You know what we don't have? You know what? You know what Hildy's been doing for the last 320 years? I definitely don't. Wearing the same outfit. Oh my gosh. This room needs Even a wardrobe. Bigger witch hat. <laughs> <laughs> what if the outfit was just a really big witch hat? A really, 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 really big witch hat. What if we were even biggest hat Logan? I think I think we just call that like a dress. <laughs> Shit. No, I was thinking of uh, if anybody has played Yakuza, the giant traffic cone Majima fight. I think I played it till like, I got to that point. I just remember beating the shit out of somebody with the giant traffic cone. I should. I should start that up again. Yeah. A wardrobe. A wardrobe with clothes, with outfits. Hmm. I'll tell you right now, you're going to be a lot more fashion-minded than she is. No, don't do this Sailor to me. Man. No. Oh, God. Wait, no. Power Rangers. Oh, my God. If we go the Sailor Rune... The Sailor Moon route, then Hildy is going to be Chibiusa. I never mentioned that I've never, like, sat down and watched Sailor Moon. Even I've sat down and watched Sailor Moon. It was always on I caught after episodes I got on occasion. school, and I never sat down and watched it as an adult. Literally never watched an episode of Sailor Moon in my life. Oh my god. Somehow I've watched more of an anime than you two. More of one anime, motherfucker. Don't I, you even I said, try. I said, I said more more of an, an anime. <laughs> he did. He's technically he's technically correct. It's the only ever kind of correct calling can be. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what kind of clothes would you like to Wait, fill in? Wait, hold on. I have to do a thing. Colin? Hmm. We have to say our favorite Sailor Scout at the same time. Okay? On account of three. One, two, three. Bill Venus. Jupiter. Damn, I, I was sure you would go for Jupiter. <laughs> I think mine is kind of obvious. Okay. What kind of clothes do six-year-olds wear? I mean, like literally any clothes? 
just smaller? It's the land of imagination. You can make whatever size clothes you want. Yeah, go nuts. You could have, you could have ants dressed up in tiny little uh, dresses. You could have... No. 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 I'm cutting that out. I'm not subjecting our listeners to that. You should just censor it and just have everyone yell no at Colin. <laughs> That's better. I'm do that, that. Do that. Do that. Do that. Do that. <laughs> so you conjure the wardrobe and you explain to Hildy that it's for clothes. And she says, Oh, oh, Maggie's shown me a bunch of pictures that have clothes that are super cute looking. I can I can make some and she concentrates on the wardrobe and just a bunch of like dresses. There's like a pair of jeans. There's it's mostly dresses. She is a, a very like girly little girl, so it's like ninety-eight percent just like Dresses of all shapes and size. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are cute. It's what else does a room need? Okay. We've got clothes, a wardrobe to put them in, a bed to sleep on. Wow. I mean, there's all you can put anything in a room, really. <sighs> I remember. Maybe not when I was your age, but when I was a little bit older. I used to keep these great big stuffed animals in my room. Not like actual animals. She looks extremely confused. Roxanne just sort of decides to make an ex- uh, to come up with an example and just like plops down a big old teddy bear on the gigantic bed. She gasps and squeals and claps her hands. <laughs> And then immediately starts, like, looking around the room and conjuring just, you know, more bears, stuffed dogs, stuffed cats. And then and then the animals start to get, like, kind of weird. Like, there's a stuffed crocodile. Uh, that owns, actually. Uh, like, a, a stuffed tiger. Big old stuffed elephant. You said crocodile, I just immediately thought, ah, a stuffed version of my favorite Sanrio character, Big Challenges. <laughs> okay, okay. Kelly, do you have anything that's... Hmm. You need something to tie this together. Something that's yours. How do we make this your room? I've got it. Oh. 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 She looks up at you sort of conspiratorially. Well, I happen to notice... I happen to notice what you and Dr. Steiner were up to. So I was thinking, what if... And she sort of, like, makes a big old, like, square with her with her uh, left and right hand, you know, like the L shape. Yeah. And makes a big old uh, chalkboard on one of the walls. Huh. Oh, for drawing. Yeah. Yeah. She conjures up, like a whole bunch of chalk and then she concentrates and that big old 
floating jack-o'-lantern that she rode in on when she first appeared manifests in the room. She hops up on that and floats over to the chalkboard and starts drawing on it. Yeah. I'd say this is a pretty good room. Yeah, this is great. Is this what all rooms are like? Oh, some are a little different. My room, I just kept a lot of... uh, I had a lot of posters of things that I liked. Like uh, bands and musicians. And I had a big old... Uh, I had a machine that played music but not like it's a record player back when I used to collect records I don't know what that is but I know what music is <laughs> But I, and I will believe that there is a machine that can play music oh, there's lots of machines that can play music a record's like a it's like a big old a big old black circle and you stick it on a little spinning thing and you set a needle on top of it. You are literally in imagination space. You could just make one. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne basically just makes her old uh, setup from her room up here. It's like this. Oh gosh, I should come up with something that a kid would want to listen to. Oh goodness. Get some fucking Iron Maiden in here. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Run to the hills! Run to the hills! No, but for real, play fucking Iron Maiden for Hildy. Do it! Do it! Uh, okay, yeah. Hmm... But what Iron Maiden song? Fucking run to the hills! I just said this! I'm not listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Run to the hills. It's a good song. I'm gonna listen to the first 30 seconds of this, and then four minutes later, I'm like, well, that was an intense 30 seconds. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) You put on... You put on Run to the Hills, and the... The music, you know, I assume you'd like imagine the volume to be the me- the volume that it you usually played it in your room, just like it's out of habit. Yeah, maybe a little bit quieter, <laughs> just a little bit. So it, it blasts, and Hildy sort of like stares at it for a little bit, and then she turns to you and says. I think I understand Gwen for the first time. <laughs> Wait, what? She, and she's sort of like bouncing up and down and says, I suddenly want to get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> you corrupted, corrupted this poor child. <laughs> oh no. yeah it is that kind of music isn't it yeah yeah that's the kind of instrument that I play when I play music that's really cool I'm not quite that good though (laughs) but I bet you're working hard oh it's it's all I do when I'm not out well when I'm not out getting into fights I guess (laughs) 
but only fights with bad guys. Oh, yeah, gotta fight all the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a drunk witch. But. Yes, but she's a, a disaster, everybody always says. I don't know what that means. Oh, I wish I could explain it. It means she's trying very hard. <laughs> uh, well, but you know how she is. That's kind of what like being a disaster is like. Though. It's like when you when you care about something a lot, but you're not really sure how to express it the right way. And sometimes you do stuff that you kind of regret. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never felt that, but I'll believe you. Maybe it's just something... It's just something you've got to experience. Okay. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So now we're going to swing around to Grant. All right. All right, so, Grant. Ursula has burned Way's suspicions of your location. And she has expressed the idea of thinking in threads rather than language. Mm-hmm. So, what sort of magical questions would you like to ask her? So, you said you think in terms... You use magic in terms of, like, threads and stuff. So, like, I'm guessing... That means everything to you, like, when you do something really particularly big, do you think of it as, like, using a loom or a weave or something? Very much, yes. Huh. And, well, I mean, it's kind of hard to unteach somebody something like that, but, um, does that mean, like, do most of the others do? Does, like, Hildy and... Do Hildy and Agnes think, like, use magic like you do? Or is that just, you know, just a you thing? It's very much just a me thing. Hildy sort of... She's too young to have a coherent magical philosophy. She just sort of, like, waves her hands around as she says that. (laughs) She mostly works on instinct. Agnes has always been especially attached to animals and so her philosophy is sort of a I think she I think she described it once as an animal animism I don't know where she got that second word from it must have been on one of her trips out with Margaret hmm. I never really got like the, the animal side of it I, I think that much is obvious from you know, a Harry Potter fan not animorphs <laughs> he wasn't even a Harry Potter fan, to be fair. <laughs> uh, Supposer. Mm-hmm. I, I think that much is obvious that uh that I don't really have much in the ways of animal magic. Sort of sure, like sure. But I mean, I don't know. I've always been really good at like you know, connecting things. And that's that's not just, like, with the magic and everything. That's just me working out, you know, just from context clues and 
you know, what people have said and how people act. Like I've, I honestly think that if I wasn't, you know, a wizard, if I had never gotten this magic, I, I would have made a good private investigator. I would not be a detective. Detectives work for the cops and cops are bastards. But private eye would have been cool. Out of character, I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. Are you just like spreading and are you just like telling her things? I'm just telling her things. Yeah, I'm just I'm just shooting the shit at this at, at okay. this point. Yeah, it sort of it sort of seemed like you were leading toward a question in the first half. And then oh you... no 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 no! I was I'm just shooting the shit at this point. I may have been leading to a question, and then that thought just pooped right out of my head. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, how does seeing the connections link to ice dogs? I mean, I'm just good at ice magic. I don't know. I think it has something to do with, like, the, just the way that I was taught. I was taught more of a combative magic, I guess. So, uh, so, you know, magic doesn't really come to mind when I start trying to solve that stuff. I'm, because of just how weak my magic typically is, I try to not rely on it too, too much, you know? I just... Tr- I wouldn't say it's my last thing, the last thing I go for, but it's... I try to not make it the first. I suppose I can understand that. Yeah, plus, like, I don't know. I don't know how really this ritual worked 100% saw it in a book or series of books rather and we just replicated the ritual that somebody else had spent a lot of time studying and researching and making work and you know I, I don't know if every time I use it she actually feels it or not so that's another little bit of paranoia that you know, I added to myself a couple of years ago, not really thinking about it. Would you like me to check? Um, no, 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 because if, if it doesn't, then, you know, no harm, no foul. But if, if it does, then I'm worried that you checking would also clue her in. And I, I don't want that coming down on you. I'm not sure exactly how easily, you know, they would be able to get over to you. But I've already dragged at least two other people with me in order to do this ritual. I'm, I'm not going to bring anybody else into it. Like, no, thank you. I would rather live in fear than terrifying certainty. essentially I understand it's perfectly alright I mean thanks for the uh, for the offer though that was that's nice of you but I mean like I said I don't want to bring you into trouble because I don't know what she would be able to do to you if she could do anything to you but I mean y'all are a bunch of nice lady nice bunch of ladies I'm not gonna drag you down to 
make me feel better? Well, I can tell you this. We have had just the tiniest bit of dealings with the sultans. They would not take kindly to one of the fey courts invading their lands. Yeah, but at the same time, they are all extremely powerful and you know I don't want war to break out between a bunch of the most powerful people in existence I don't see that ending well for any of the realms of course of course but uh but yeah that's 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 just my thoughts on things you know because just in just in general I guess if I'm gonna use I guess I'm gonna do what I'm doing here to uh, to help you know connect the threads to certain things like this pale rider and I'm sure you might know about the crack in the sky do you know about the crack in the sky we have passed by the other side of it once yes yeah, between th- that and the Pale Rider, I'm sure I'm going to be able to stretch my problem-solving muscles a little bit. That's going to be... I-, I was thinking about going back sooner than I was expecting, but now I, j- I-, I can't leave that. I can't leave that unsolved now. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, and forgive me if this is presumptuous, but would you like to cast a spell together? Sure. Yeah. Oh, but now I have to think of something. <laughs> Goodness, I always do that. I say ideas before I have them fully formed. Uh, trust me, I'm well-versed in that. I've never had a thought in my life. <laughs> well, would you happen to have any ideas? Something you would maybe... Something you've been working on? Something you've been stymied on? Big ice horse. <laughs> <laughs> no, no ice horses. Um... What's a spell Grant has always wanted to cast? Penis and Biggin. You know what? Let's control the fucking weather. He's always wanted to make it snow when, like, when the snow has come late in New York. He's just like, why well, hasn't snowed yet? I, I have determined that Grant likes snow. This is the opposite of me. I have to roll. Pl- I have to get into the brain brain meats of somebody who actually likes that terrible crap. <laughs> Snow is great if you don't have to leave the house. Otherwise, it's the worst shit ever. But yeah, um, I look at her and I go, you know what? You know what I miss? I miss Snow. Let's make it snow. Oh, goodness. I haven't seen snow in ages. Sure. Yes. All right. So, I'm, how many how many use magics am I going to be needing to roll? 
<laughs> so it's it's gonna be two. Okay. And you are going to be exhausted after you do this. Fair enough. That's a nine and an eight. Now roll a seven. <laughs> okay. So the the two of you like sit down in front of each other and how how does this like spell look on your end, Grant? Um so if I'm sitting across from her, like so we're we're both sitting down and I've I've got my like my legs crossed and I've got my like hands in a certain, you know, gesture and I'm just I'm just closing my eyes and chanting in uh, in Cantonese, and uh, when when it starts to finish, from my hands, uh, some ice like snowflakes start fluttering up into the sky, and like you know, just like it's a steady stream of snowflakes that go up into the sky and just like start forming clouds, and then they they're gonna start to start falling gently down. Alright, so you've you take your seat and you close your eyes and you make your hand sign and start incanting. And then Ursula sits like real, real close to you, facing you, you two are facing each other, and she reaches out and grabs your hands and like takes, you know, one one of your hands and one of hers and mm-hmm. you know the other hand in the other and she starts to move them back and forth in it's it's rhythmic and you realize from like movies you've seen she's like tactily working some sort of loom in her head okay and you feel the threads that she is weaving together. You feel the threads between your magic and hers. You feel the th- the threads between the two of you and like the atmosphere above you. And you are able to trace those connections up and just sort of you you gain briefly an understanding of how like the entire weather system is like coordinated by physics because you can see how everything is connected to everything else. You can see how air currents lead to each other and you can see the flow of temperature. And that is the insight you need to conjure your snowflake. All right. And as it gets up into the sky and sort of pops into a cloud. There is... It's not like winter snowfall, but it is a light dusting. And, uh, Grant will look around and be like, oh, well, that's about as good as we're probably going to get in California, aren't we? And an amount of snow drops on top of Grant, kind of like we're <laughs> turning him into a snowman. <laughs> I have not ever heard of snow in this region, no? Yeah. But it's nice. I missed it. It is nice. It has been a very long time since I've seen snow. I mean, 
I would say the same, but I think you have me beat by a fair amount of time. She winks at you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This isn't even enough to scoop up and throw a snowball at Roxanne when she gets back. You have ice magic. (laughs) It's not the same. It's the principle of the thing. It's the principle of the thing, yeah. So you look around and enjoy the snow. Any of the snow that falls on Margaret just melts immediately. (laughs) And I'm guessing that Phoebe has some sort of force field. I was literally about to say, you look over at Phoebe and she's got some, like, invisible force umbrella above her head. (laughs) Nice. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so somehow we managed to turn three events into two and a half hours. So we'll call it there. This will be our first four session hunt. Hopefully it's an important one. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, So I guess next time we will finish this one proper like. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing thumbs up. You can't see it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I just automatically assume you're doing that at the end of a recession. I kind of do, actually. <laughs> Was correct. So, thank you for listening, everybody. If y'all join us next time for the end of the party. The end Hooray. of the witching hour. Next next time is going to consist of Roxanne's event with Margaret, Steiner's event with Agnes, and Grant's event with Phoebe. Hell yeah. Been looking Actually, forward to the old lady. It's closer to the witching about half a day at this point. <laughs> the witching, nice time. 